Hello and welcome to the Good Fight Podcast for Season 2, Episode 22. Denver, I guess we're kind of coming to the conclusion of Season 2, so we'll have to talk about when when that uh, con- concludes and, uh, and when we start a new season. But uh, we're glad to be here and uh, talk about the supremely good week that it's been. It has been a good week. Um, just decision after decision. Uh, it's been very uplifting uh, to hear those things. But with all of that comes, you know, the backlash from uh, the opposition and the media. So we just have to remain steadfast in what we believe and um, just continue on. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it's good for us to remind, uh, especially those of us that are, are Christ followers, to make sure we take plenty of time to thank God uh, for these decisions that we feel are are so important and so foundational to uh, to to going on from here and helping to solve helping us to solve some of these naughty problems that do that's K N O T T Y uh, uh, problems that are uh, in 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 front of us and that uh, if you happen to disagree with some of our conclusions or or something uh, we're we're glad you're listening we want to interact with you but please understand that, the, that these are things we've thought through at quite at length. And uh, have tried to consider the other arguments for the other side and are just some things that we very sincerely believe that we want to kind of lay out for you today. Yeah. And just with all of this, it's very telling uh, the reaction from uh, the left um, in a kind of a hypocritic way. Um, you know, when they like a decision like Roe versus Wade, you know, they believe that we must respect it and that's the precedent. And then when it's the opposite, well, the court's not legitimate and the justices are attacked, threatened. Uh, there's been instances um, of uh, riot or not riots, protests at uh, the justice's house calling for, uh, you know, just crazy things like for them to literally die. So it's uh, very sad to see. Yeah, very sad to see. And, and we want to point out we're, we're not here. Uh, it's not our purpose to bash people. Uh, that we're talking in the realm of ideas, that we emphasize thinking over feeling, uh, that thinking has got to help us make the big decisions and then to try to implement those as compassionately as possible. And and so uh, we would just uh, encourage, if you if you disagree with us, please do the same and please try to notice how that doesn't seem to be the case uh, on the other side. Yeah, I think the most effective way to move forward with these types of things is as Brian uh, mentioned, is to raise awareness and start conversations and, and try to find some middle ground if we can, but just to know the facts um, and let that kind of lead our thinking and thinking over feeling. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, we're going to give one of Alito's quotes from the, the road decision, just talking about how this is in the hands of the people where it belongs. And so now it's our, our job to start talking together and that's hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm here in California, and we need to to have a serious conversation about what the life issue is going to be here. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more details about that in that segment. So today we're going to take one segment for each of the uh, issues, the Second Amendment, uh, life, and then religious freedom, which uh, each very monumentous decisions uh, coming down. So, you know, it's it's not our purpose of our podcast to reinvent the wheel. We just want to raise awareness uh, of, of issues and to point you to some really good resources, which we think we have. Yep. I agree with you. Yep. Back in a second, we'll talk about the first of the decisions, the uh, the Second Amendment. 
All right. And we are back for our segment, uh, firstly, starting uh, with the Second Amendment. And to start off as we uh, go on here, I think it's probably good to uh, read the Second Amendment text. So here we go. Uh, The Second Amendment says uh, this, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And there's and that's it. So there's kind of two parts to that thing that people will focus on. One is the first part, and they they claim that uh, you know a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. That's the first one, and then the second one, the right of the free people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So as we go on here, we'll kind of uh, discuss a little bit uh, about the difference of the two. Yeah. So just in terms of the of the history of the um you know the 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 second amendment issues that um that back uh in 2008 uh a, a court case came in challenging I believe it was either Washington DC or um New York City um but uh that um they they had passed a law saying that it uh, it was illegal to possess those in in the city and their argument was well the second amendment uh, they were talking they were emphasizing the prefatory clause about the militia and that only the military should have guns and so uh the, in in 06 a decision called the heller decision came down that no that that basically guaranteed the first part of it that that the the right to keep arms uh applies to individuals not just the militia uh, and then that brings us to this current case um uh and the one that came down uh on just this last friday which said the or, uh, last thursday that said that not only can you keep arms but it struck down a new york law uh saying or making it very difficult to get a a gun carry permit um and that they basically had to show good cause and uh that that was struck down so basically it guarantees the right of individuals not only to keep their arms but also to bear their arms and this applies to six states that uh, that have stipulations like california uh, also does that or did uh that says that you uh, you need to you know, write a statement as to why do you need that. And if you look at the um, at the Second Amendment, it's pretty clear that that's kind of infringing on that, that we shouldn't need to, that we should be able to exercise that right freely. So uh, I think that was a very good thing. Yeah, I think the most important part of the Second Amendment is the words shall not be infringed. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad for that case. Um, and of course, you know, uh, we can't have, you know, uh, you know, actual military weapons in the hands of citizens. You know, we can't have rocket launchers. I, I can't store one in my closet. But um, so, you know, we need to be sensible about this. But um, it is a humongous win, uh, not only for the people of the United States, but for the future of the United States of how the uh, Supreme Court is interpreting the Constitution correctly. That's very, very good. Yeah, so it, it was a a supremely good week for the Constitution, ah. and 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 about that, I think that's really one of the main things that we need to to remember. And when we think about sensible, 
uh, and that's true. And yet sensible and common sense is a very emotionally based term. So we just have to, to understand that. And I, I agree with you. I think we do need to talk about that. But one of the things we need to talk about is that AR-15s are not weapons of war. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, this kind of terminology, which can betray uh, the people's real motive of wanting to confiscate uh, uh, arms from law-abiding citizens. And that's one thing we need to try to flesh out, even as we try to dialogue about it. I think so, that's a, a, it's a really fair conversation. And I wish it was being, ha- uh, being had more is, you know, what are, what's considered a weapon of war? Where do we draw the line? And I think that's very productive if uh, we were able to do that and kind of try to find some common ground in that area, but that doesn't even seem to be happening. Yeah. And uh, um, I think it was really good that the, um, that, that, um, and Clarence Thomas was the one that, um, that wrote this opinion. And uh, I forget if it was him or Alito that, that pointed out that, uh, that it's specifically for the purpose of self-defense that they are uh, that this is 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 happening that uh, and and it's so good for them to say that which uh, it, it keeps individual di- dictatorial people like Trudeau up in Canada from just announcing like he did that oh by the way the um, uh, handguns are not to be used for self defense and so um, and and they pointed out that that there may be some real needs to be out there uh, uh, being able to defend ourselves. So uh, just another takeaway that I thought is that for, for those of us that do want to responsibly keep and bear arms, we need to uh, really promote safety, uh, promote people from being stupid about the, the way they handle their, their guns and, and uh, being cavalier about that. And that will really help. And by and large, the, the firearms community is very uh, attuned to safety. And I've noticed that in all my training, that that is the one of the that the main thing is in promoting that safety. And I've I've been able to help do that in, amongst family and friends uh, that I'm around to. Yeah, uh, I agree. And along with that, um, we also need to defend the ability to defend ourselves. Um, so th- there's so many good things when it comes to being able to do that and the freedom to be able to do that. Um, in the instances of legally armed citizens, uh, not only defending yourself, but your family, uh, your friends and strangers, if you know, uh, in, in a grocery store. Um, you know, I've mentioned many times if, you know, there had been a person in that grocery store shooting that had a gun or multiple people, you know, the, the tragedy either wouldn't have happened or would have been a lot, you know, less victims, I should say. So, um, we need to try to do our best to, um, uh, to def- defend that. Yeah. And Denver, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. In fact, the day after the, uh, the shooting down in Texas, just recently, uh, a, a citizen prevented another, uh, shooting from happening, uh, that, that was trained and was lawfully carrying their, their firearm. And they were able to defend that and, and save lives by doing that. Okay, is it always perfect? No, but the pe- people that are complaining about this—it's—it's it's just a, a utopian dream that this will never be an issue and that will always be perfect. Uh, but we have to do our best uh, to 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 be trained and do that. And the Second Amendment is a very very important part of that for us. That there are really good reasons to defend and and to stand up for. Yes, absolutely. Very grateful for that. Yep. 
Yep. So uh, again, there's some really good resources in our in our resource um, uh, type that that go into the history and how historical research into the attitude of the times, uh, even at the founding toward this, really helped in that Heller decision. Uh, and this is from a government website pointing out the historical research. So we've got that up in the resources in addition to that. So we'll be back in a second and talk about the life issue. We're back and we're going to deal with the life issue right now uh, for a little bit. And uh, so uh, it's real interesting that uh, listening to all the extreme uh, rhetoric about uh, people expressing their dismay at, at Roe versus Wade being overturned. Um, it, it's, and, and, and re, people, you know, celebrating their abortions and, you know, chanting, you know, are we going to have abortions? Yes. Uh, that kind of thing. It's real interesting to think back not too long ago that uh, that the talk, even amongst pro-abortion liberals, notice I didn't say pro-choice, um, was that, that that no matter what, abortion is an unfortunate and a sad thing. You know, even Bill Clinton, uh, you know, talked about wanting abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. Now, whether that was sincerely something they cared about or something uh, that was just helping to, uh, to to placate people at the time, I don't know. But I think, you know, it's definitely different from people uh, celebrating that and even California's attempts now to legalize abortion and not prosecute people no matter where or how or who uh, the abortion takes place with, even after birth. It's just very different. Yeah, with with the Bill Clinton example, that that just kind of shows how far this movement has gone, um, and how people have changed, um, specifically like the left, um, and kind of you know what we're up against here. Um, but I think there's one fundamental thing that we have to understand uh, before we actually dive into this: is that every abortion t- takes a human life. That's just the truth. Um, and b- before you can start to form your opinion and what you think, that's where you have to start from and come from is that every abortion does take a human life. And I think that's something that we can very confidently and calmly keep pointing out over and over and over again. And, uh, the, the, the attempts to, uh, to, to parse that any other way, really, it just it it does not hold water, and I think that's the reason for some of the extreme rhetoric is because they there is no logical, uh, uh, moral foundation for any of that. Yeah, and from here starts the question of how can we make progress, um, and what concessions are we willing to give up uh, to you know further and. the safety of human lives, how many human lives can we save? Um, So it, it's not going to be an all or nothing, all or nothing thing, probably, you know, for, you know, the foreseeable future. So what can we give up? Can can I add one thing before we go there, Denver, is that, that, that another thing, just like it's a human life, uh, you know, you hear all this talk about women, you know, having, having a say over their own body, my body, my choice. 
but the the and we need to calmly point this out too that there are two bodies and two lives involved not just the the mother's life there's the baby's life mm-hmm. and and while you can argue that a, a mother uh, would have a choice what to do with their own body uh, you know that's what we've been trying to argue with vaccine mandates by the way but it the, that baby's life is not her body and so uh, that that is something that has got to be factored into the equation too so I'm sorry to interrupt, no. but I, I do want to go on to that. But that's that's good. And I would also add on to that. Uh, yeah, we're talking about those t- two people's bodies, but also the father. You know, uh, I just recently saw a video of a, of a father crying outside of an abortion clinic because uh, I don't know if, it, if if it was his wife, girlfriend, whatever, uh, had an abortion and uh, he didn't want that. So, I mean, maybe even three people to kind of keep in mind here. Yeah. And at the same time, I think we just talked about how, uh, you know, a lot of uh, from a kind of feminist or or a woman centered perspective, there's a lot of deadbeat dads that that kind of want to have their uh, have their fun. And then if the girl comes up pregnant, it's like, oh, well, you're on your own. And that's not really right either. And so there's there's uh, something to be factored in about that, too. Mm -hmm. So I guess as we go on, uh, you know, we there's there's a lot of, uh, of of arguments even from the left saying that Roe versus Wade was bad law from the very beginning, and you know Justice Alito said that, that it was on a collision course with the Constitution from the very beginning, and just that kind of an acknowledgement it just is the reason another reason it was a good week for the Constitution because that's that's just true, and so I'm glad uh, glad that that was able to be pointed out. Yeah, I, I mean I'm. I think I'm glad for this decision on two kind of different fronts. One for my morals, what I believe in all of that. And then on the other side, uh, constitutionally and, uh, legally, you know, both sides, uh, won, uh, in my mind. So, uh, very happy. Yeah. So Denver, let me ask you a question. Cause okay. I, I think one of the things now that we're going to need to be doing is that we're going to, um, we're going to have to start talking. You know, what is this going to look at now that it's back in the hands of the people in the states where it belongs? What is this going to look like? So, I mean, if you and I were coming up with with something here, and that's, you know, we probably should get somebody on the more pro-choice side. Yeah, but probably. what would be one thing that would be essential to you uh, if we're going to come up with some kind of a understanding or legislation about what this is going to look like for California? So first I'll start just to say, you know, ideally I don't want any abortions to happen in the country. I understand that's not possible um, uh, on a variety of different uh, reasons. But if we were coming to the table uh, to talk uh, with uh, the opposition, one thing that I would bring to the table is something that has been brought to the table uh, many times, and that's the heartbeat bill. That is something that I would um, be okay uh, giving uh, giving to that, um, and you know I believe that the heartbeat thing is pretty fundamental, and I think that is something that um, a lot of people on both sides uh, could come to agree on. Okay, yeah, and and I'm not sure I know one of the the cases. I mean, there was Roe versus Wade, and then the the Casey um, decision that was also overturned the 15 week thing, and I believe is Mississippi. Um, and I'm not sure if if the 15 week is coincides with the heartbeat or not. But but for me, just a, a concession, and and I agree with you that there is arguments against no abortion. Um, but I I think that just 
because we do want to be sensitive. We don't want people going out in back alleys and, you know, doing coat hanger abortions. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a good thing. And that's, uh, and, and so if we had to, there would, there should be an opportunity or a window once somebody knows they're pregnant early in that to be able to, if they really wanted to, to, to go through with that. I don't like that, but, um, uh, the, but that, that, you know, that, that could be a concession that we would make, uh, and and for the concession on their part that you can't just have an abortion for any reason up to and after uh, there's birth that mm-hmm. that's not that's not a good thing yeah, that's not on the table yeah yeah um, for, so, for us yeah so let me ask you yeah. a question quickly all right um, there's a lot of talk out there um, citing uh, that uh, we'll go kind of back to guns for a second that you know if you ban all guns you know shootings are still going to happen. Uh, bad guys are still going to get guns. So if you ban abortion completely, um, you know, abortions are still going to happen. And I guess we kind of talked to that a little bit, but what would be your direct response to somebody who said that? Yeah. And I think that was just my answer to that argument is that that, you know, 15 week thing, or just a time for you to know that there's going to be uh, that, that there is a pregnancy uh, and, and what to do with about it. And there, there are pregnancy tests. And so to be able to, uh, to do that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I also think that, um, uh, that, that it's important to remember, uh, that, uh, that abortion isn't, isn't for birth control or for sex selection or, or any of that stuff. And so that, uh, for, for us to acknowledge that, that, uh, that, 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 that is there. And, and also Denver and I, you know, I, I haven't heard really many other people talk about this, but I think that, that it does need to be talked about. First of all, that if you, if you father a child, uh, out of wedlock, then you should need to support that child up until the time that they're, that they're 18, mm-hmm. that, that should be your responsibility or co-responsibility with the mother. And also, it, and it's a, it's a, a, an inconvenient truth, but uh, you know, I I want to I find myself being very pro-choice in the sense that uh, people need to exercise choice earlier in the process because pregnancy is a natural possible consequence of sexual activity, mm-hmm. and that we need to do more in terms of talking about one of the benefits of the of abstinence is not finding yourself in a situation like this, yeah. and that that's a very possible thing. Well, I think this this type of education starts in the home. And it, this might be a reflection of kind of the brokenness that we have in this country uh, of life in the home and the education that uh, parents give to their kids. Um, that's where this all stems from and starts from. Uh, so we as a country, we as a state, we as a city, we as families and communities and neighborhoods need to do a better job at fostering kids. Agreed. And then making sure that since the schools are a reflection of the parents' values, that, uh, that that is at least presented as a completely viable and possible option uh, for young people, uh, not as it is with the comprehensive uh, education that just kind of the assumption, oh, it's going to happen anyway, so we might as well, uh, you know, teach them you know, teach all the, the tricks and techniques. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, lots of dialogue. And, um, and, and yet, uh, once again, for the Constitution, especially, it was a wonderful week. And if people are too up in arms about that, then uh, I think that that, that does not betray a, a good attitude or respect about that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll be back in a second and we'll talk about uh, religious freedom. I think it's still recording. The timer's still going for me. <laughs> yeah. Weird. 11.39. 11. Okay, and we are back to talk about religious liberty. Uh, as we started uh, in the Second Amendment one, uh, we talked or we uh, we read a little bit of the Second Amendment. So I'm going to read a little bit of the First Amendment um, uh, about religious freedom that contains two clauses. First is the established uh, yeah establishment clause that states this: Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. And then secondly, there's the free exercise clause that says, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So uh, those two clauses have been uh, and quoted on these, uh, these issues and, and uh, historically uh, as some of the, some of these expressions have been challenged by uh, people like the freedom from religion foundation and the, you know, back, back in the day, uh, famous atheist Madeline Murray O'Hare and, and other people trying to, uh, uh, trying to put forth the idea that uh, because of what the First Amendment says, that uh, religious expression of any kind uh, in public uh, should not be able to take place, especially in government buildings or government grounds or on the government's dime or, or whatever. So there have been cases back and forth, meaning there have been cases to remove crosses and nativity scenes. And interestingly enough, this is mostly uh, Christian expressions. Um, but uh, there has been a kind of a troublesome ruling that had come down back in 1971 called the, the, the called the Lemon uh, decision, which had kind of created a kind of a Roe versus Wade type of of, of quagmire of of nebulous uh, criteria for people to use that uh, that was used a lot to get a lot of these things removed or, or, or prevented uh, the firm defense of a lot of these things. So uh, those uh, of us who uh, try to point out that uh, we have freedom of religion, not freedom from religion uh, in the United States. And so the, the ability to practice uh, our religion uh, in in uh, in in the public square to articulate things about a religion or have that respect uh, needs to be respected. So, um, uh, coming down to to this particular case, uh, a guy named Coach Kennedy in Washington State was a high school football coach. Uh, he happened to be a Christian believer. When he came to the program, the there was a tradition and playing in, or praying in the locker room before uh, before games, which he he 
he maintained once he got there. And then just because he wanted to be grateful to the Lord for his blessing at the end of a game by himself, he'd go to the middle of the field, uh, kneel down, uh, say a short prayer in his own, and then, you know, go on to the pizza or the soda fountain or whatever you do after games back to the locker room. Um, the, uh, the people at the, uh, at his job, um, uh, spoke to him about that, told him that that wasn't allowed. Uh, and he tried to accommodate. I think he did away with the locker room, uh, prayer and, and, and having some, some other kids had kind of joined him, not by his information, invitation, but it kind of joined him on the field. But he just realized that uh, he was not going to bend on the, his private prayer in the middle of the field. He was fired. And that was the, uh, that was the initiation of the case, which had been um, uh, upheld that his firing was legal by uh, an appellate court and the circuit court. And the uh, Supreme Court took that and said no, uh, that that was an inappropriate use, uh, uh, that the First Amendment protects that speech of his. That's just crazy. It's really telling that, you know, he uh, that he did forego even the locker room thing. Um, and yet he still could not pray, uh, to himself on the 50 yard line. And even though people joined him, like Brian said, it's not like he uh, forced anybody or told anybody people joined him, uh, on their own. And, uh, so it's just very sad to see something like that happen. I know, um, in the NFL prayer happens. I know this is different from a school district, but, uh, it's kind of a, uh, from a football standpoint, it's kind of a tradition after the game to give thanks. Um, so it's just kind of unfortunate to see that. Yeah. I'd sure be praying that I was able to walk off the field in my right mind under my own power. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Much less to win the game, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the sad the sad part of this is that the school district would get so picky about this and would get so so uh, so uptight about it, and it just you know represents the hostility towards this kind of a thing. And and their argument is, which sounds so flimsy on the surface, that oh, if people see him praying, they're they're going to think that the government is condoning this because he is officially a government employee at this point and it just is so it it just you know you, you, again you're kind of making up something because you don't want that religious religious expression in the first place and you're more on the freedom from religion side instead of the freedom of religion side so basically they argued that the uh that the two clauses of the first amendment were incompatible that they could not uh let coach kennedy exercise his uh, freely exercise because that would have inferred an establishment on the uh on the government's part so thankfully uh the justices understood and this was 6 to 3 um that uh that know that they're they're perfectly compatible and that uh this free expression of coach kennedy did not in any way infer that the government was uh was sanctioning it or establishing uh the religion and so once again it just is a right no-brainer decision yeah like uh, i'm absolutely applauding these types of decisions um but i also had a realization the other day that i it's a little bit sad that I'm so happy that common sense is kind of coming down and, and these types of things are, are, are happening, but you know, either way I am happy, but it's just kind of interesting that, you know, these things that seem like no brainers are, you know, ballot issues. 
Um, but I don't know. To, to me, there's there's there they are things that I think that we should all be able to agree on. But yeah, I guess not. Well, and and it's really good. Justice Gorsuch wrote this opinion, and thankfully, uh, you know, people have said the they they finally squeezed the last of the juice out of the lemon decision. Uh, and these are his words that uh, he said that uh, that the the First Amendment's uh, the two clauses are not warring with each other. Uh, that the lower courts treated him that way uh, only by relying on the Lemon decision, which invited justices to explore the purpose and effect of government actions. Um, so, and and those weren't his exact words, but that was the essence of what he said. So, um, you know, it, it's good. And just once again, for, for those of us, and I spent my whole career as a Christian believer seeking to want to freely exercise my religion uh, and not be ashamed the fact that I was a, a Christ follower and yet respect that not everybody else was and that I was in a public school setting and to try to, to, uh, to respect everyone else because of that. And so you know, I think that there are some lessons that we in this that we need to respect the faith of all, for one thing, that I can't expect everybody to have my same faith or to have any faith at all, and uh, to really try to do my best to, uh, to, to understand that and to, to respect and love them all equally. Yeah, it's, it's a great freedom, too. Uh, there was obviously countless times that I prayed uh, at school. Um, and I uh, saw others who were different religion, uh, different religion than me, um, and I saw them pray as well. And it's that's just fine. Um, that that is our freedom to be able to uh, uh, to, to choose the religion and, and pursue that. And um, so it, it's I'm glad this type of thing happened. I know I wasn't a school district employee as a student, but um, kind of the same concept. Yeah. And I just, you know, for, for, for other believers, uh, Christian believers and people of all faiths out there in the public school system and other places, I just encourage, you know, we can do so much to help this by just not being stupid about stuff. <laughs> and that there's some people that are very sensitive to this and we have to, you know, our first foot forward needs to be our love and respect for them. Uh, not quoting Bible or Quran verses to them. I mean, I, I knew of teachers that, that rightly were called out for putting Bible verses on their PowerPoint presentation at back to school night. And so, uh, you know, they don't know the teacher. And so that's going to naturally, you know, raise some hackles of people who are sensitive about that. But there's so much that, uh, that can be done and said about that. Yeah. But it was a great day for the for that too, and uh, that uh, that faith is an important thing, and that that uh, that it's good to be able to talk about how there is a God. There really needs to be a God for there to be any formal moral uh, uh, code, and that uh, we can we can robustly argue for that and articulate that uh, as we listen to other people's opinions too. Back in a second with a quote and some other. Um, some other just comments about this whole great week. We're back to wrap up this episode about the supremely good week uh, with Supreme Court decisions and uh, and a good week for the Constitution, the rule of law, 
and those things that are so important for those of us who are are thinking people. And uh, so we're glad for that. Um, just as we think about the, in, in general, these things, and you look at the reaction from the left uh, about it, it's so sad that instead of uh, confronting issues and ideas like we talked about earlier, uh, the when you've got a bad argument, you got to attack the people, mm. and just people attacking the institution of the Supreme Court just because they don't like the decision. Uh, there's lots of decisions I haven't liked over there, and as much as I you know, re- regret uh, that and the, the choice of some of the justices and things, uh, we respect the, the process. Um, uh, and but people have just been brutal uh, to those uh, justices. And it really is sad, first of all, that our FBI and other law enforcement don't enforce laws on the books that are against that kind of thing. Uh, and that uh, you had sitting members of Congress out amongst the crowd advocating for violence and those kinds of things. But I thought it was really good. And this is good news. Even Justice Sotomayor, as uh, as, as liberal as she is, came out very, very boldly. Uh, in support of Clarence Thomas, who's taking an undue amount of, uh, of of flack right now. And that's interesting why it's coming to him uh, of that. But uh, one of the resources uh, outlines her praise of him as just being the uh, such a solid presence on the Supreme Court, knowing everybody's name, uh, their their families' names, the issues going on in their lives, going out of his way to to care for them and ask about them. And uh, I think that's really good. And that's the way it should be, that that uh, no matter what our political differences, at the end of the day, we're all Americans and we should all be on the side of, of liberty and protecting the things that have given us these things, the, the liberty that we have. So I just thought that was such good news. Nope, I agree. That is very nice. And now with these three decisions out, along with a bunch of other stuff, it's now our job um, to basically occupy the territory now that has been set. Um, We have to defend um, what has been decided. um, And, you know, that is fairly easy to do um, in and of itself. But when you're getting attacked at the same time, I can understand, and it is uh, more difficult to do so. That's why it's going to take courage. It's going to take bravery. uh, And it's going to take help from the Lord uh, for us to go forward here. Um, but this is just the job and task at hand and we have to see it through. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's very good. And just because it's a paper victory, uh, we still have to go in and, and, and occupy the territory with the positive winsome ideas that we have behind this, with the truth that's behind this. And it, there's a war on out there and, uh, it's it, sometimes it's not going to go easily and there's got to be pushback and, uh, and we're not, talking about violence on our side necessarily, unless there's violence that, that is done to us and we're trying to defend ourselves. But, uh, but at the same time, it, it's a battle out there. And I, I've just been thinking a lot just in my own life about what courage looks like and the courage of, uh, of these justices, especially Samuel Alito in the, uh, in the Roe decision to articulate these things out calmly, historically, solidly, that is very inspiring to me, and and it, with we, even with their houses being being picketed and barricaded, uh, assassination attempt uh, on on uh, Justice Kavanaugh and other things that they did not back down in the face of that. And whatever that looks like for me, I, I want it. Mm. 
And so our quote of the week uh, is going to be from Winston Churchill. And I, I want to try to paraphrase this at some point uh, for us right now. But I really think it has uh, has bearing on us uh, of whatever age we are. But for, for me, kind of approaching uh, the the uh, the finish line of my life that I, I don't want to just kick back that. Uh, and this is that quote from a uh, famous quote of Winston Churchill's. And here's what it says. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And whatever that means for us, right now our fight is intellectual and, and in ideas. And, and oh, I pray that we can keep it that way. But with the ballot box, pastors have a job in this. Christian believers have a job in this. Uh, teachers and administrators, people of goodwill, we all have a job in this to get in and do the hard work of talking about the real solutions that are going to make this happen and not just divide up uh, uh, and, 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 and give in to the yelling. It really creates some some really good imagery, uh, that quote, and then how we can translate that into uh, what we need to do now. So thank, thank you, Brian. That was a, that was a great quote. Uh, so we just want to remind everybody of a couple of things of our Facebook page. If you haven't uh, that out, checked that out, uh, give it a like. Uh, we post our resources there. And then our email, uh, goodfight71 at gmail.com. You can uh, reach us there. Ask us us questions, um, or if you'd like to be attached to our email list, let us know and we'll add you. Uh, th that also comes with our uh, uh, the resources. So uh, let us know, get in touch, um, and we love hearing from everybody. The feedback is very encouraging. Um, so uh, please reach out. Uh, but other than that, keep up the good fight. Keep it up, and and all those places we just mentioned right. in the uh, in the in the Churchill quote. That's right. So we we love all of you. We love God. We love our country, and uh, we want to be dedicated to preserving liberty for ourselves and our posterity. Yep, that's right. Thanks, everybody. Keep it up. Yeah. Bye.